Still, a hundred and fifty a year of sure and settled income was a fine thing, an uncommonly fine thing. All that was necessary was to supplement it. Therefore, a nice, quiet, genteel profession, banking to it, light work, an honorable calling, an eminently respectable one. In a few years, he would have another hundred and fifty a year. A few years more, and he would be a manager, with at least six hundred. He might, well before he was a middle-aged man, be commanding a salary of a thousand a year. Banking, by all means, counseled Mr. Horbury, and offered him a vacancy which had just then arisen at Chestermark's. And Neil, willing to be guided by a man for whom he had much respect, took the post and settled down in the old bank in the quiet, sleepy market town, wherein one day was precisely like another day. And every year his dislike for his work increased, and sometimes grew unbearably keen, especially when spring skies and spring air set up a sudden stirring in his blood. On this Monday morning that stirring amounted to something very like a physical ache. Hang the old bank, he muttered. I'd rather be a plowman. Nevertheless, the bank must be attended, and, at ten minutes to nine, Neil lighted a cigarette, put on his hat, and strolled slowly across the marketplace. Although he knew every single one of its cobblestones, every shop window, every landmark in it, that queer old square always fascinated him. It was a bit of old England. The ancient church and equally ancient mood hall spread along one side of it. The other three sides were filled with gabled and half-timbered houses. The market cross, which stood in the middle of the open space, had been erected there in Henry the Seventh's time. Amidst all the change and development of the nineteenth century, Scarnham had been left untouched. Even the bank itself was a time-worn building, and the manager's house, which flanked it, was still older. Underneath all these ancient structures were queer nooks and corners, secret passages and stairs, hiding places, cellar rings going far beneath the gardens at the back of the houses. Neil, as a boy, had made many an exploration in them, especially beneath the bank house, which was a veritable treasury of concealed stairways and cunningly contrived doors in the black oak of the panelings. But on this occasion, Neil did not stare admiringly at the old church, nor at the pilastered moot hall, nor at the toppling gables. His eyes were fixed on something else, something unusual. As soon as he walked out of the door of the house in which he lodged, he saw his two fellow clerks, Shirley and Patton, standing on the steps of the hall by which entrance was joined to the bank and to the bank house. They stood there looking about them. Now they looked toward Finkelway, a narrow street which led to the railway station at the far end of town. Now they looked towards Middlegate, a street which led into the open country, in the direction of Ellersdeen, where Mr. Gabriel Chestermark, senior proprietor of the bank, resided. All that was unusual. If Patton, a mere boy, had been lounging there, Neil would not have noticed it. But it was Shirley's first duty, on arriving every morning, to get the keys at the house door and to let himself into the bank by the adjoining private entrance. It was Patton's duty, on arrival, to take the letter bag to the post office and bring the bank's correspondence back in it. Never in all his experience had Neil seen any of Chestermark's clerks lounging on the steps at nine o'clock in the morning, and he quickened his pace. Shirley, turning from a prolonged stare towards Finkelway, caught sight of him. Can't get in, 
he observed laconically, in answer to Neil's inquiring look. Mr. Horbury isn't there, and he's got the keys. What do you mean, isn't there? asked Neil, mounting the steps. Not in the house? Mean just what I say, replied Shirley. Mrs. Carswell says she hasn't seen him since Saturday. She thinks he's been weekending. I've been looking out for him coming along from the station, but if he came in by the 8.30, he's a long time getting up here, and if he hasn't come in by that, there's no other train till the 10.45. Neil made no answer. He, too, glanced towards Finkelway, and then at the church clock. It was just going to strike nine, and the station was only eight minutes away at the most. He passed the two junior clerks, went down the hall to the open door of the bank house, and entered, and just within he came face to face with the housekeeper, Mrs. Carswell. Mrs. Carswell had kept house for Mr. John Horbury.